Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features Nick Snoke with a message on submission. Submission is a subject that is one of those things that's kind of hard to practice what you preach sometimes. I think it's against our human nature. It's really against kind of our culture to be submissive. But it is a true kingdom principle that as we practice, God blesses us. And the result of submitting in our lives is very favorable and one that, that we would want. I'll start by reading the Webster Dictionary's definition of submission. The condition of being submissive, humble, or compliant. Submission is an act of submitting to the authority or control of another. And obviously, this morning, our desire is to submit to the Lord and to what he has for us. And when he opens up a door that we like, it's really easy to submit. And sometimes that happens. And when that happens, those times you just really feel like you're only catching green lights. You know, like Logan and I, we have this thing that we believe if we clap while we're driving, we catch all the green lights on Sunday morning, get to church. We mainly do a good noise mom, uh, and it's our thing. But sometimes we have to submit to things that we don't really want to do. A few things about submission. Submission brings protection against pride. One of the, the challenges that, that we just have as humans is we're proud. We, we all have the ability to get arrogant and to be a little proud. And as the act of submission, as we do that, it defeats pride in our lives. And as we continue to submit to the Lord and what the Lord has asked us to do, anti-climatic when it's my iPad, but in the word of God, in the Bible, as we submit to God's word, it helps us defeat pride in our life. And it, it takes up the room that pride would have ordinarily taken in our chain of how we make decisions and things. Submission also brings unity in the church. There's another a benefit of submitting. We want to have unity in our midst here. And the only way that we can really have unity is if we submit to the word of God. We, uh, in, in our move of the spirit, we have traveling elders and traveling deacons. We submit to them. Uh, we know that they are seeking the mind of God. And then to some degree, we submit to one another. And submission also brings a oneness with God. When we submit to the mind of God, the will of God, we begin to have oneness with him, and that's through the act of submission. Now, again, when we all agree on something, submission is pretty easy. But when we disagree is really when it puts it to the test. I mean, there's the saying that there's growth in participation. Uh, you know, Riley played the guitar up here this morning. He had growth when somebody stands and says a prayer. When somebody has a prayer request, a testimony, when they get up, there's growth in that participation. And so as we submit to God, we find that there is growth in our own lives and we become spiritually stronger. So as we, as we look at our path to submission, I think we first submit as believers when we receive salvation. That's day one of our journey 
of submission that lasts for a long time, at least four decades in our home longer. I'm, I'm guessing till the end of life. When we stand before Jesus and we accept him into our heart and we say, I'm a sinner, please forgive me of my sins. Please come live within me and please take complete control. That's our first act of submission. And Jesus takes us at our word when we do that. We have countless stories of times where Uncle Bo shares a story about when he received salvation and later in his prophecy, Jesus in his prophecy was revealed and says, I took you at your word when you were a young man and you received salvation. And that's the beginning of our path on this road of sonship to where submission is a big part of it. If we could turn in our Bibles to the second chapter of Titus, and we'll start at the 11th verse, and we'll read the 14th. I'm in the NLT, so if it sounds different, bear with me. Paul writes to Titus here, and he says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. And the way we do that is through submission. In the Word, we always want to look at Jesus as the example and what, what he did so that we don't get caught up in our own human teaching, our own human ideas. So to give a few references, Matthew 26 chapter, this is Jesus submitting to his father, God. And Jesus always sets the best example. Matthew 26, 37 to 39, he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. This is where Jesus gives us the example. He says, yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Jesus knew what was about to take place on Calvary. He knew that the sin of all mankind was going to be placed on his shoulders. He could see the year 2021 where good is seen as evil and evil is seen as good. He could see every time we've ever made a mistake, he could see all humanity's sins. He knew for a moment they would be placed on his shoulders, on his back. To the point that his face would be unrecognizable and that his own father, God, creator of the world, would have to turn his back on him. And Jesus submitted. And he says, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Typical, uh, the great creator of the world and his son, Jesus Christ set such a beautiful example there of submission. In our life, when we're asked to submit, whether it be to leave a comfortable position and job, whether it be doing something that we really want to do and we had to submit and not do it, we should think back to Jesus's example. And no matter what it is we're facing, it'll pale in comparison to that.
Another example of Jesus's submission is in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, the seventh verse. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. And so if it worked for Jesus with his father, God, it will work for us today as we submit because God hears our pleading. Another thing that submission brings is protection. There is protection within submission. Sometimes we sure know a lot <laughs> and we're really confident and certain and we can be completely wrong. And it's okay to be independent in a way where we're going against the world. And it's okay to be somewhat independent in some of our thinking. We don't want to be conformed to this world, but we want to be transformed by the renewing of our, our minds. And that can be good. And being, having an independent spirit is, for Americans, it's very much our culture. And that's good. That's okay. We see that. Uh, in business, um, we look at some people who are more entrepreneurial. And we think, you know, they're, they're, they're more independent in things. And that is all good. But I think we must pray to God that he tempers that in our lives. Because it can be, you know, your greatest strength and it can be your greatest weakness. God can use it for good. Or we can use that and get carried away and get in trouble with it. And so we have to pray and ask God, God, please let the gifts you've given me manifest in a way that please you and further your kingdom. And also temper me so that I don't get too far outside here or there. Because insubmission brings protection. I'll share a story about a guy that I work with. He came to work at our company probably 11 or 12 years ago. So fairly early on in our, our business. And this young man was a hard worker when he came to work for us. And boy, if there was something needed to be done, he was just like, he was a sledgehammer no matter what. Even if he needed a finish hammer, he was a sledgehammer, which was sometimes a challenge. But he just attacked everything ferociously. But his problem was he wouldn't listen to anybody. He wouldn't listen about safety stuff. He wouldn't listen about schedule, hours. He had a way. His way was better than your way. And he wasn't going to do anything. And he wasn't going to listen to you. He was just going to keep doing his thing, which eventually led to we couldn't keep him anymore because he wouldn't submit or listen to anybody. Even though he had all the right qualities of a good worker, he was ambitious. He was what you would call a self-starter. He was independent. He didn't have to hold his hand no matter what you gave him. But we had to let go of him because he wouldn't submit. He wouldn't listen. He went to North Dakota. He followed the oil and gas business. He got a job working on a drill rig. On the drill rig was no different. They loved him because they'll work 20, 22 hours straight. They give you two hours off to take a nap, and then you get right back after it. And they loved his ambition, and they loved his drive. And so he was great in that role, except for he still wouldn't submit. And he wouldn't submit to safety rules which led to him losing his arm. So they were tripping pipe and there's all these rules, but he wouldn't listen to anybody. He wasn't gonna submit, not to anything. And he got his arm stuck in a chain and he yanked his arm off. Well, that ended 
not into that particular line of work because if you're going to work on a drill rig, you need two arms. Got into some trouble, got into some substance abuse problems as he was dealing with not being able to work anymore and the loss of an arm. Uh, he's got a wife, he has, some ch- has a couple, three daughters, something like that. But still, even in this time where he's getting lots of opportunities to learn and to submit, lost a job one place, lost an arm the other place. We ended up hiring him back. And uh, he's a little older now. And it's about a decade since he last worked for us. And unfortunately, he's the same guy. Still hadn't learned to submit. And he works maybe even more hard-headed now because he's missing an arm. Now he's, you know, that old saying, busy as a one-armed wallpaper hanger. You know, this is, this is him. So now it's like even come more alive, right? We hire him. He won't listen to anybody. And, he, and what that leads to is when you won't submit, you get frustrated with everything. Because we all have to submit. That is life. And it's good for us, right? And when you continue to refuse that, you get frustrated and you have roadblocks. And I think that's God's way of saying, hey, time out, young man. I got a way. I got a good way. I've got examples. I got protection. I got strength against pride. But if we won't submit and come to that, then we just get more and more frustrated and get more and more determined not to submit. And it's like spitting in the wind. It just doesn't work. So he comes to work for us and, and he's getting frustrated and we're trying to control some overtime and some hours and frustration, this and that. And he's so irritated with, with these rules that he doesn't want to submit to that he decides to go for a walk on a busy highway in San Antonio at 1130 at night. And he's staying with two other people that work at our company. And they say, hey, it's not a good time to go for a walk. It's 1130 at night. It's dark. Take a flashlight. Take something. I don't listen to anybody. And he goes on a walk and gets hit by a car. He gets blown up by a car. I mean, I don't know why he was, he was walking on a busy interstate. He's like a six-lane highway. We prayed for him a few weeks ago at church, uh, a few months ago. But he lives somehow. He's got a busted hip, and he's got a broken neck, and he's just battered. They can't even find his prosthetic arm. It went flying somewhere. And, and, but he's fortunate. And there's a good hospital, trauma hospital in San Antonio for military. It's called Military City, and there's so many military bases that they have some fantastic world-renowned doctors that are used to this type of trauma. And so for three months, he spends bedridden in a hospital in San Antonio, and he's got these pins sticking out of his leg. They protrude out, and they got to leave him this way for a long time. And then they got to fix his knee, and he doesn't have an arm. So, you know, he gets in a wheelchair, but he's only got one arm to move it. He's just broken. He wants to discharge himself from the hospital. Again, won't submit, won't submit. Getting hold of these opportunities, won't submit. And so he doesn't have the finances to do anything. He's a, he's a broken person now who can't work. And while he's in the hospital, he gets served divorce papers from his wife. And all this trouble he brought on to himself, he wouldn't submit, not to anybody, not to an employer, not to safety rules, not to a hospital now. Long story short, he discharges himself. I have no idea how in the world he got on an airplane because he doesn't have a wheelchair, but he can't walk. He doesn't have an arm to move a wheelchair if he gets one. Somehow he got a, he flew to, to North Dakota. Person that he works for in our company met with him the night before in the hospital said, please just stay here. You're getting good care. Get mended up. Please stay here. I'm pleading with you. And when you leave, go stay with your mom in Grand Junction. Don't go back to North Dakota. It's just 
paying for you there. And after you mend up in a year or two and you get right, then go back. But again, he wouldn't listen to anybody. But he ended up going up to North Dakota two weeks ago. And what he saw was awful. And he ended up passing away. There's a lot of stuff that's uncertain around his death. But he passed away. But as this example, I bring it up because it hits home. Because that's just that's the picture of what you get when you refuse to submit. And God puts all these things. And he just lets you know, come on. And the result of it for this individual ended tragically. Submission brings protection. And there are some times that we just don't agree with it, but you have to do it. And and as you do that, it saves you from a world of hurt and and other people from a world of hurt. Dad, if you wouldn't have submitted, I would have been stuck in Michigan. We hated Michigan. And I love Colorado. So thank you. We're being submissive, even when it's tough, because when we do that, God blesses us. Another thing that we get when we submit is unity. Submission brings unity. The enemy wants to do anything he can to divide us. And as a church, when we are together, we are strong. A couple of weeks ago, we were visiting and, and we were talking about the Tower of Babel. And, you know, we're talking all these years ago before technology and things, look at what unity could do. And because everybody spoke the same language, in unity there, the Tower of Babel, God actually confused man's language because he saw, boy, man has innate evil in them. And when there's complete unity in that evil, they're trying to build a tower to heaven. And so he confused man's languages. And that's why we have to go get a major in Spanish today. because We can't all speak a common language. But the enemy sees our church and believers and those who submit to God's will, and that's a real threat to him. So he tries to divide us. And one way that he tries to divide us is he'll use things of the world to divide the church. And sometimes we have to submit with those things to become very politically charged issues, and it's really tough to do. But when we do that, we prevent the enemy from being able to disrupt the body of Christ. Now, I'll be honest, this last year, I was extremely, extremely disappointed that we weren't having church camp. As everybody else believes, it is important that as believers, we get together once, twice a year, we fellowship with one another. Having the coffins here is such a breath of fresh air because we have a wonderful service every Sunday with people we love, and we get to see them every Sunday. And we love that. But having somebody new come and join us was, is such a breath of fresh air. I know uh, the congregation was so happy to hear a fresh voice last week and to hear about the ox code. And it was a real blessing to us. And I feel like church camp is that. And our groups are small. And so meeting together at a church camp every summer is so wonderful because you get to see these people that you love like family or even closer than family. And when I heard this year we couldn't have church camp, I was really disappointed. But submission can be easy and it can be tough. And in my frustration, I was praying to the Lord. And I said, Lord, help me just to submit because it is a godly principle. And I know those who sit and have to make these very difficult decisions. I could sit and in a worldly mind maybe debate the merit of assembling or not assembling and being together in this world of the COVID madness. But at the end of the day, I felt the Lord telling me, Nick, you need to submit. And in that submission, it brought unity. 
because I could say, boy, I really disagree with the decision, which I may not totally agree with. But when I submit, what I do is I take all of these feelings that maybe uh, would cause you to disrupt the body of Christ. And I say, Lord, I'm nowhere near as strong as Jesus, but you know, your will be done here. And I'm going to submit to it, whether I agree with it or not. And there is a certain amount of strength that is really brought in that moment. And next year when we have camps, uh, we might go to all three just because we've missed them so much. But now my mind is filled with expectation and obedience to God. And it's not filled with things that would disrupt the body of Christ where I'm thinking, boy, that was a decision I didn't agree with. And, and that is something that comes in submission. If we could turn in Philippians, second chapter. We're going to read the first few verses. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think equally with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the act of submission. That's what it manifests itself right there. Submission... We, we read that wives submit to your husbands, children submit to your parents, wives submit to your husbands, husbands submit to God. And I think in our world today, we think of a submissive person as just somebody who's really weak. And I think it is, it is 100% the polar opposite. To submit is not a weak characteristic. It is a strong characteristic. To do what is possible. To do what God asks us to sometimes is hard. And I think the weakest thing in the world to do is to be independent and say, it's my way or no way, and I won't listen. That's really the weakest, most easy human response. I think when you see somebody who submits to God, you're seeing true strength manifest itself. And we grow in those moments. Submission takes great strength. When the Lord puts something on your heart, you should pray about it. If you're uncertain about it, you should talk to the brethren, you should talk to your elders, and the Lord will give you direction. So don't submit to all the ways of the world, but we do want to spend time submitting to God and becoming stronger because of that. Last scripture I'd like to read is James 4th chapter, 7th verse. So humble yourselves before God, okay, is what we're talking about, but to the, the, the last point we were just discussing, resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, 
for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Submission protects us, perfects us, and it unifies the church. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.